Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. We are on episode 59. One more and we're at 60. This is crazy. It's going so fast, but I absolutely love it. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about the erotic blueprint with my guest, Tina Cooper-Smith. Tina Cooper-Smith is an MD, physician, and a coach, best-selling author, speaker, athlete, perpetual student, and always a mom. Can you tell that she's a shapeshifter? We'll talk about that in the episode. She is dedicated to modifying our healthcare system from one that's focused on illness and sickness to one that's devoted to prevention and wellness. And for 30 years as a fertility specialist, she focused on bringing life to her patients. And now she wants to bring humans back to life. She wants to remind us all that eroticism is the secret sauce to wellness. Yep, eroticism. Prioritizing pleasure reminds our nervous system that we are safe in our bodies. And sexuality can be a great way to remember ourselves back to wholeness before life led us to disassociations, brokenness, and hurts. We need to nourish all four of our bodies. She talks about the mind body, the heart body, the physical body, and the energetic body, because we are all worthy of self-care, self-acceptance, and self-love. So strap in for this one, because this is so exciting. I love talking about the energetics of eroticism and pleasure, because when I discovered that I had a lot of energetic blueprint, erotic blueprint in me, it changed things so much for me. It made me go, oh, I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me. I am not meant to fit the box. Again, one more reason why I don't need to conform to what society tells us. This is why we need to break free from the conformity that we are programmed to believe because we we can't help but think that there are things wrong with us when we ascribe to societal roles that are set out for us. It just leads to feeling stuck and trapped and feeling like we're not whole. And we talk a lot about that, separating the good and the bad and how that takes away our wholeness as a person because we 
you know, breathe in guilt and shame from such a young age that we, that becomes our shadow self and we disassociate from that part of ourselves that we consider bad or unworthy or unlovable or wrong. And so it's such a mindfuck to unravel that. But this podcast really delves into that. It delves into the erotic blueprint. And if you've never heard of that, stay tuned because it's fascinating. And um, Jaya is the one who created the erotic blueprint and she is fabulous. So um, stay tuned. Here we go. I'll see you when we get back. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself. You will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program, shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for breaking free from conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. Today is episode 59, and I'm here with my guest, Tina Cooper-Smith. Tina is a physician and coach, and this is a great combination that I have not had a chance to interview yet. So this should be a very exciting conversation because we're going to talk about something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. So welcome, Tina. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So excited to be with you. Oh, this is great. Before we get started, Tina, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? And um, yeah, just give us a little picture into your world. Into my world. Well, like some (laughs) people know, physicians spend a lot of time studying. Hmm. So I spent, you know, the entire decade of my 20s going to school and studying and becoming a physician. So I'm a gynecologist. And then I did two extra years of training as a reproductive endocrinologist, fertility specialist, which means that I do 
you know, inseminations, ovulation, induction, in vitro, egg donation, surrogacy, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But then I was running my own practice and raising three kids, being married, and let's just say it was burning me out, I think. I was always, I couldn't be present. All I was doing, I I say I was sick with comparisonitis Mm. because I never was good enough for me (laughs) for whatever. Anyway, so I had to figure out what was wrong. And um, I realized, so my story, basically, I was literally sitting at a baseball game waiting for my youngest to start his like passion of baseball. And yeah, and I'm sitting there on a Saturday and everybody else is just like totally enjoying a Saturday like you're supposed to do on Saturday. And I'm like stuck in my head. I probably worked that morning and was still worrying about patients business. And I realized freaking a, I'm not living my life. I'm living the life of my husband, my kids, what my parents wanted me to do, what my dad wanted me to do. It was, it was literally this like, Oh my God, light bulb moment of Mm -hmm. wait, what about me? Mm -hmm. And um, literally that day in the stands, I grabbed my phone and I signed up to do um, a marathon. I had I had literally on my application to med school said, if you let me into med school early, because I got into this funky program, I had to say, what would you do different if you knew you got into med school? So I was like, well, I won't major in science. I'll major in political science. I want to go study abroad because med students usually, you know, pre-meds are too busy with their grades and their science. and their. So I went and studied in London and I wanted to run a half marathon because I wanted and I'd never done that. I did everything else. And I was like, shoot, where's my life? And now everybody else was running marathons. And I was like, what about me? Yeah. And so anyway, so then I did this, I signed up and, um, and that just started my, my journey back to me and who I was and what I wanted. And, and it's like breaking free of the mold because it was a lot of, so I I call it my 15 year self-directed personal healing journey of really breaking down and I'm still on it it's never going to end right but it's um so my mission now I have two missions so me who I am Mm -hmm. my my value passion and purpose statement that someone once gave me well they didn't give it to me they just like made me go deep 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 right right helped you create (laughs) to repeat active energized joyful in all that I do um and all that I love but more importantly to share it with others Hmm. is like my that's who I am at the core Mm -hmm. um and now my mission is like in my practice not just bringing life to the my uh, not bringing babies like not bringing life to my patients but bringing my patients back to life yes oh I love that yeah and I want to help a million women if not more and their partners right leapfrog what took me 15 years like let's do it in months Let's let's accelerate the whole process and have everybody live their purpose. I'm so with you on that, which is the purpose of what I do. Like um, deep, I am here to normalize ethical non-monogamy. Like that's that's one of the things. But like my passion is that you break free and that you can live an authentic life and and know who you are. And mm-hmm. like you said, step out of the mold, step out of the box. Like I, 
I'm tired of boxes. Like I don't want to be told what to do and how to live and and who I can love and who I can't love and and I don't want that anymore. I spent most of my life doing that. I wanted to be a surgeon, but mm. that's not very conducive to being a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to go with the other thing I'm really good at, and I became a musician. And so I was able to teach at home and everything. And then I had mm-hmm. a thriving um, music studio, and then COVID hit, right? Like, <laughs> it's just like... And but I've always been sort of this coach, this like people come to me and I like I, we were talking earlier that I just kind of know things about people and I really can see them deeply. And so they've they've always been they always shared with me and I coached like I was like my parents marriage counselor coach as a kid and as a teenager. And I just understood things about relationships and marriage and knew what I wanted and didn't want. And yet I still followed my mom's advice to who I should marry. Oh my God, that's what I did. Right? Like, she's like, don't marry someone like your father. Marry someone like whatever. And and my husband, my ex-husband was nothing like my father. Like, not even a little bit. Not even, not even a little bit. He's like 6'4", huge intellectual, all this, like, super independent, non-emotional. My dad will cry in movies. Like he's has this huge empathic heart. He'll drop anything for anybody, give them the shirt off his back, completely not organized or, or very self-motivated in a lot of ways. Doesn't have natural structure, (laughs) Uh, wants to be with people all the time. You know, he's short. (laughs) He's not short, but he's, you know, he's not very tall. Um, he's got a sense of humor. He's always like, you know, he's, he's kind of rough around the edges in terms of like, you know, he'll say what's on his mind and, you know, the jokes that my mom's like, Richard, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Risa. you know, so, um, and funny enough, now my partner is so much like my dad, Interesting. so funny, so much like my dad. And I mean, there's pros and cons to all of it. Right. And you create your own balance. Um, anyways, the point is that I never really did what I wanted to do. You know, I just kind of always did it for someone else and I always mm-hmm. made choices for someone else and, and yeah, for my kids, my and, right. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, like we tend to do that. And if you ask most women, if you ask most men, like I can ask my partner and, and probably same answer, like, what is it that you want? Well, I just want to make you happier. I just want to make other people happier. I want to be happier, have a good life. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's get beyond that. What do you want? What do you need? What do you desire? Do you think about what, what turns you on? What gets you excited? I mean, I know a lot of those things, but deep down, like, what do you do for you? Not for other people. Most of us just can't really answer that. And that is why I have my program is. It's so funny. I ask that in my, so when patients come to me, I have a, like a lifestyle list. Like, how do you sleep? What Mm. do you eat? What's your exercise slash movement regimen? What do you do for self-care and pleasure? That is purely for you every day. And people are like, what? What? Yeah. Like. (laughs) 
So I teach that if I was taught, right, I'm a physician, I take care of the body, Mm -hmm. right? And all I learned, and my, my father was a surgeon. So it was all about the body and Western medicine and, and all that. And um, woo-woo, like I did an integrative medicine fellowship along the way. And then they started talking about the energy body. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is the energy, energy body, body thing? But the bottom line is all our cells are electrical. Mm-hmm. There's an electric current. Across every single cell. And as a human being, we are one big cell phone tower pulling in electricity, electric signals from the entire universe. Right? So we literally energy bombards us unless we're like in a sensory deprivation place. Mm -hmm. And that gives us a body sensation. And then the body sensation, what the heart does is it feels the body sensation and it it goes into our memory banks and goes, mm-hmm. I felt this before. What it, what emotion is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then we finally have a thought. So we're feeling beings who think, not thinking beings who feel. I think that's so important. And I'm just going to throw this little tidbit in while you, you said that because it just has to do with co- communication. And um, I, I heard it very well explained. La, a couple weeks ago and like we often say oh I feel like you know I'm not important or I feel like I'm not a priority to you or I feel like da 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 but that's not a feeling it's actually a thought correct yeah 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 totally and so we often are like you're not listening to my feelings I'm telling you well hold on the reason I am being defensive right now is because you've just accused me of doing a thing or or accuse me of that thought and that may not be true you can feel sad you can feel upset you can feel hurt you can feel angry you can feel all those things and that doesn't accuse me of anything that's just your feelings and it's really really hard to express ourselves that way to say i feel one word well well i was taught to think my emotions. Yes. Not to feel my emotions. Right. Like you think, right? and I was in my and head my whole life. They're, they're on a continuous loop mm-hmm. until we make them aware, until we, and actually a really good way to move your emo- emotions or energy in mm-hmm. motion. They need to leave us and not stay stuck in ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the body keeps the scores all about that the cells keep the energy if it doesn't get moved through. And so most of us are have captured energy in our cells, which affects our body, right? And dis-ease is the body being out of ease. And I like to say metaphysically that the body, the only way it can talk to us is actually through body talk. Because the bacteria in our body and the viruses and the fungi that all live in our body. We're not, I tell, I teach that we're not humans. We're humanoids mm. because we have more DNA from bacteria, virus, and fungi than we do human DNA. So just like a tree is home to animals and critters and extra vegetation sometimes that like latches onto the tree, you know, mm-hmm. that's what humans are. We're, 
And we have to live in symbiosis with the microbiome or they have their own life force and we have ours. And so if they're not working symbiotically, mm-hmm. those bacteria can become parasites and try and kill us. Mm. And they're responsible for digesting our foods, making our neurotransmitters. 90% of our neurotransmitters, 90% of serotonin is made in the gut, not the brain. So anyway, I don't know where I got from this, but being in, in symbiosis, so energetically, we have to recognize what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And you can, oh, moving emotions. You can, if you feel your emotion, And then you like actually go into what are you feeling in your body? And then what your thought, then what's your thought? And then think your thought. And then what do you now feel? And then what do you think? And then what do you feel? And you go back and forth and back and forth. You're going to move that emotion. You're going to get to a place of higher living Mm -hmm. in like literally probably less than five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And you move from left brain logic to right brain. I'm fine. I'm breathing. I'm always fine. I'm always free. I can be me. My reality is here in my brain. Let me re-communicate. Oh, it's powerful. And I think like, that's why somatic healing is so important. And, and there's so much research being done just on movement in the body and how like, you know, facial work, facial work. The fashion, yeah, you know, like, fashion work. yeah, how that unlocks things and, and it's like, it keeps emotions locked up. But when you kind of break that fascia up a little bit and, and allow, allow your body to almost be in like compromising positions, it helps release things. I think we just need to break up the monotony sometimes, right? Like in anything. Um, well, diversity is. Yeah. Is- the diversity of the microbiome is critical diversity of thought diversity of humans but also when we're living in survival mode because of the thoughts we're always in fear right then the gut is not supposed to digest our food Mm. because we're supposed to be running from the tiger yeah so if we're running from the tiger it's not time to digest food and so we don't even realize in today's society I eat in my car. I eat at my desk when I'm racing through patients. I'm not getting the nutrients. Forget the fact that our agricultural, yeah. <laughs> like what we're being served, we're choosing the wrong foods. Yeah. But even when you choose the right foods, if you don't eat in creation mode, mm-hmm. in relaxation mode. So we have to balance the two nervous systems. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, so much on nervousness. I think it's like a curse being a coach sometimes because it's like, I'm so aware of everything that I can't just like walk through the world and not notice things. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I wish I could just turn that off sometimes now because I'm probably really annoying to my partner sometimes. I'm like, well, you know, like if you were just able to relax a little bit, then maybe you wouldn't have trouble with your digestion. Or, you know, if you blah, 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 then maybe you could sleep better. Maybe you wouldn't be like calling this stuff in from the universe based on your thoughts and your mind. And shut up, you know, like what what are you talking about? Okay, I'm just going to validate right now. I'm just going to be here and hold space for you and not mm, speak 
And that's a yeah. real challenge too, because you're like, I know it can help. I know it can help if you just. Well, but it's interesting because in in the coaching world, right? My when I dove into the coaching world, in the doctoring world, it's all about advice giving. Yeah. And, and telling you what I think you should do. And then we wonder why the patient comes back and they didn't do anything that we told them to do. But I realize we heal as a mirror to each other mm-hmm. and we heal through community and we heal. And so coaching is, a, I can't make you do anything. I can't change you. I can't change your behaviors. I can't change your thoughts. Like you are you mm-hmm. and you get to live your life and your reality is really all between the ears and in your somatic body. Mm-hmm. So I can be me and and express to the world who I am, what I am. This is these are options for you to consider. I can show you the pros and the cons of doing this or doing that. But ultimately, here you go. You got to do and and you get to decide what to do and your body gets to decide. And so I joke that I'm I'm always as a now that I understand it, I'm much I use the words are so critical. Well, all communication, 93% of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So how I act, even as how I say mm-hmm. is critical, but what they hear mm-hmm. is my nonverbal and my verbal. Mm-hmm. And if it's really interesting, because even if I try to have, I'm so much more aware of trying to have um, consent with like, would you like advice with this? Right. Mm-hmm. But if they hear nonverbally that I'm, you should do this. Mm-hmm. Then even though I said, would you like advice? And they said, yes, they really didn't want it because they heard their parent speaking yeah. to them. The you authority figure telling them what to do. Yeah. And I laugh because my kids like, I'm like, I don't know. It works in the office when I talk to patients. Like I try and hold space and do this. And they're like, Mom, no, you're just telling us what to do. <laughs> and I realized like they're they in their brain, I've always been telling them what to do. Yeah. So even when I'm trying to be like more coachy, yeah. All they hear is mom's telling us what to do again. Mom's telling us what to do again. And they're like, nope, nope. No. You know, can't go there. That's so interesting. And and I, I call that like shooting on yourself. Like if you're like, I should do this, or I shouldn't, but that's really it's shooting on our our clients, right? Like to to be like sort of this imposing energy of you've got to listen to me because I know better, then they feel like resistance because they're like, no, again, I'm not gonna be told what to do. And so there's this like we get to release people from the need to do something in order. They don't need to do it be to please considered me. To, well, in order to be considered better, right? Like, cause we always yeah. have, like you said, this sense of right and wrong. So if their sense of rightness is at jeopardy and if they don't do what, you know, if they don't listen to what you have to say, that makes them wrong or a bad patient, they're going to listen. But that 
cognitive dissonance happening inside them is going to create a fight. And now there's this idea of something's forbidden, right? Like, yeah. So I want to be told I can't do this or I can't do that. So now I want to, I want to play with you because we talked about it before with the erotic blueprints, right? Yes. Yes. Which is what we're going to talk about. (laughs) I became trained in the erotic blueprints, right? I basically, I just knew in my life, in my body that like there was more to sexuality than I was getting. Mm. And my relationship was falling apart on so many levels. And now I praise it like, oh, I'm so glad that I didn't feel satisfied completely. It's not that it was bad sex. It wasn't. Right. But it was what I know now is we always played in the sexual blueprint and I am a shapeshifter. So I needed more. And I didn't understand why the sensual, which is what, oh, women are supposed to be sensual. I need to light candles and I need to have, and he always didn't understand it. But then, you know, as we're trying to fix the marriage, he would light the candles and he would do, he was like, so trying for me, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't, I didn't understand it wasn't working and at the right. So thank God in a sense that it was it fell apart because I was like, I need to figure out my sexuality. And so I went into this whole erotic blueprint thing and was like, Oh, now I get it. I'm this shapeshifter. He's this, he's a, he's probably a hidden shapeshifter, but he lives in the the box of the Western world. And so he's living in the sexual blueprint. This is how you do sex. Mm -hmm. And I was like, something's wrong. Something's missing. And I need, so one literally like I heard her talk, Jaya, and I was like, oh my God, I got to sign up. This is like, I know when I heard it the first time, I was like, holy shit, this is transformative. It's just mind opening. Right. And then, and then, um, so I, I went to her course and the first day my whole blueprint changed because I lost the shame of what was normal and what was not. And Mm -hmm. I could actually go within and answer the questions authentically. Yes, that really does turn me on. That really like, you know, so anyway, so then I signed up to be a coach and I learned about erotic blueprint work and I learned about coaching as opposed to doctoring, Mm -hmm. which was different than motivational speaking, which is the integrative (laughs) medicines version of coaching, but it still has this subtext of you're motivating them to do what you want, right? Or what they should do. Yeah. Anyway, so fast forward, right? So now patients come in the office or I have coaching clients and I, let's start with your blueprint, but you start realizing that just the words that they use and their body behaviors, I can intuit what their blueprint Mm -hmm. is, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you can, if, when I'm mindful, (laughs) (laughs) I can tailor my words, my, my, what I invite them to do, things like that. I invite them to understand themselves better, et cetera. So let me tell you a really funny story, just because like the whole kink, the, the, the motivation of what you should do, shouldn't do. I don't want to do what you tell me. Right. So I have this one woman that I've known 28 years now, I've known her in my life. I met her when our kids were just about pre, she helped me get into the preschool that my, like, she was like, oh, you need to go to this preschool, right? So I met her on a playground with our kids. (laughs) 
fast forward through the years, she's come in and out of my practice just to be at some point for fertility, then for GYN care, whatever. So I've known this woman a really long time. So she came in and she was like any woman, I want to lose weight. I can't. And I have, and she's chatting and I know integrative medicine, functional medicine, inflammatory foods can really affect inflammation in your body, blah, blah. And I, so I sat there and I said, all right, may I tell you some stuff about your, I know you want to lose weight. I know you're cutting calories and you're trying desperately to lose weight. And I really think what you're eating is probably really underlying a lot of the problem. What do you mean? Well, the elimination diet is no gluten, dairy, corn, eggs, soy, peanuts, and sugar. And that's your diet. Mm -hmm. Like you have toast. You got a little bit of honey or sugar in your coffee. You're having popcorn as your low calorie snack all the time. You drink, you eat, cheat. Like her diet was literally, it's, it's not calories in, calories out. Sometimes it's what you're eating. I don't know. I invite you to try it. It's really just three to four weeks to see if it has an effect on your body. Like you can do what you want. No pressure on me. But here's the diet. So a week, one and a half, two weeks. I don't know about this. I feel like crap. I don't think it's working. And I said, well, let me just tell you that a lot of people say the second week is the hardest because somehow things are moving and the body's changing and it hurts. But usually by week three or four, you start to feel better. But again, your choice. You don't have to listen to me. You can go back to the way you've been doing. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you. So fast forward. I don't know. I guess it's a year later. She comes in. She says, oh, my God, that diet was the best. <laughs> I feel so much better. But I can't stick to it. I And so she did six months of, like, feeling great. Now, you're supposed to do the diet and then reintroduce foods to figure out which ones are actually your triggers mm. and not live from deprivation. Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's all about being mindful of how your body and your food actually have a relationship. Mm -hmm. And ideally it's not all of it. And ideally you fix your gut at the same time. So you can reintroduce the foods, but maybe in more moderation, you're eating more vegetables, more protein. Anyway, fast forward. She's like, I did great for six months and then too restrictive. I won't do this, blah, blah, blah. but now I feel like crap again. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you want me to tell you? Tell me what to do. I said, but you don't want to do what I told you what to do. <laughs> no, you have to tell me what to do. <laughs> so we went back and forth. And I said, you could do this and then you can modify it and this. And anyway, long story short, what I realized in going through this, she's kinky. <laughs> and but what she is is a bratty sub. She needs so, the taboo. She needs, she needs to be told what to do. She likes being that subservient. She, and she's like, I only go to the best doctors. They always have to tell me what to do. I listen to them. And then she loves to break the rules. Yes. She gets pleasure out of breaking the rules, but she needs the rules. Yeah. Right. I can relate Which is to that. Fine. <laughs> Totally. And I'm, to I'm totally a rule follower and a rule breaker. 
But when I saw that, oh my God, I giggled because she probably has no idea that underneath the body always wants pleasure. It's always going back to Mm -hmm. homeostasis. So our existential kink, not sexual kink, is what's the turn on that is keeping us stuck in the place of where we need to change. Mm -hmm. And it's learning the turn on. And it was like, oh, she needs to break the rules. So if I knew that, then here are rules. And how do you want to break those rules? Mm -hmm. And then you can play with your good girl, bad girl and live in peace. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So it's no. just a fun story about well, seeing patients through their kink, through their blueprints. Yeah. So, okay. Now we brought up the blueprint. And I'm sure everybody's like, what the hell is an erotic blueprint? So, um, oh my, okay. So how much time do you have? Do you, is, do you have like a, I have a little, I have extra time this morning. I gave myself time. Friday's my, like, I, my kinky don't have to work. Okay. Okay, perfect. Because if schedule. we go if we go a little bit long, because I think this is going to be fascinating. I think the first half of this conversation has been um, just very, very interesting and and had a lot of great stuff. And I really want to get into like the erotic blueprint and what that mm-hmm. looks like because when I found out about the erotic blueprint, my life changed in so many ways. I was like, oh my gosh, there goes the shame of what I need. Yeah, because. Yeah. Like literally, and I'm just going to tease this out a little bit, literally, and I've said this before on a, on other podcasts, but literally, if you just put your hand on or near my clit, just right there and don't move it, I will start to have the most powerful. Oh, that's your energetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that the powerful like arousal. But the second you move and start touching me and try to be oh, that's your short circuit. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Starts, <laughs> turns me off. And I'm like, what? Like, and and everybody feels like they're not doing enough. And I could never understand why that was. And I'm like, I'm so difficult and such a challenge. It's oh my so God, girlfriend, you're speaking my world. You're speaking my world. So bottom line, I was five years old. And I discovered a way when to literally do progressive muscle relaxation. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing, right? But I'm squeezing my muscles, relaxing, squeezing, relaxing, learn to do it. You know, my body, my pelvic floor. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is really pleasurable. I had no idea what I was doing, right? Zero. And I told my next door neighbors, these two girls, they were like my age. I'm like, and I remember this. I have such vivid. We were like in the backyard, just <laughs> kind of lying on our stomachs. And I'm like, just squeeze your butt. We're like, whatever. Like I could picture. Anyway, their mother came like the next day. They came and said, my mom told us to tell you, you should never, ever, ever do that again. What? I was like, I don't even know what I did. And now I'm not allowed to do it. Oh. But that was their mom, not mine. Right. So I'm like, I'm not listening to her. I didn't believe, I didn't like her anyway. She's not the one who makes the rules. <laughs> but I didn't, I was so shamed that I could never ask anybody what I was doing. Oh. And then you grow up and, you know, sexuality is all about touching your body. Right. And like, I could never get to the level of pleasure that with touch in the same way that I could get from this squeezy movie, mm-hmm. rocking the pelvis thing and 
my spouse was like, what's wrong with your body? Go to therapy. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with you. And I was like, I guess there, I'm sure I've always thought there was something, but I liked, I always liked sex and I like, you know, but I couldn't put the two together. And then why couldn't I get to that orgasmic state with regular sex? Mm. And I, it was just this weird disconnect. And, but I was still didn't want to tell anybody about what I was doing. Cause I thought I was weird and didn't know what it was. Right. Fast forward. And then we're like, even doing the blueprints, I'm learning about all these blueprints. And then one day we do an exercise where we're doing this energetic movement of rocking and opening your voice and move. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not crazy. This is <laughs> it's a thing. You know, I've been doing since I was five. And then, and so, yeah, and I have a very high energetic. So I finally learned. So let, let me explain the five blueprints for your yes, listeners please, so please. they understand. So there's five blueprints. There's more to it because there's also the stages of sexuality that we're in, whether we're healing, resting, curious, adventurousome, or transformative. And that's another whole set, the layers of sexuality. Mm. But your blueprints are, there's the erotic, the energetic the sensual, the sexual, the kinky, and the shapeshifter. So in my head, it, it, it also goes back to medicine and integrative medicine. So the energetic, anyway, is the energetic blueprint thrives on anticipation, longing, tease, right? They're really into eye gazing. They need space. <laughs> oh my they God. They need slowness and they need a touch that hovers. You are actually petting their aura. Yes. <laughs> okay. They haven't, they are in tune to this energetic body that is radiating out of their cells. We all have this. And you, if they, if you touch their genitals too fast, there's, they'll shut down, they'll short circuit. You violated their safe space. You have to actually be invited in. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, and they were all a cell phone tower waiting, always getting signals of energy from the universe, from other people, from animals, from the freaking microwave, right? And these are people, they get chemical sensitivities that other people don't get. And, you know, the medical world thinks they're crazy because they're feeling things that other people don't feel. Oh, shit. Anyway, so they need intense slowness, safety, know that they're with you, right? So, like, my spouse, God bless him, would, like, close his eyes to get into his head. And I'm like, want to shake him, like, come back to the room with me. I need you here. That was my ex. Could not stand the eye gazing. Yeah. We, did, we did some tantric for a little bit and that changed my life. Yeah. It changed our connection to such, like we were connected in a way we had never been connected before. And all of a sudden he now I can't do that. I don't want to do that anymore. Like I can't, this eye gazing thing, way too vulnerable for him. Way right. too vulnerable. So the bottom line is. So we have this energetic, so energetics, their superpowers, they can orgasm without touch. They can be in nature, looking at a sunrise, a sunset, and literally waves of emotion fill them. They could have a physical orgasm, an emotional orgasm. 
from the beauty, right? They have this desire to reach higher states and altered states through moving energy and connection deeply to the universe, to others, others. So that's the energetic. And we don't talk about this. It's so woo-woo in most of society. So people who have this, these are the ones, the, the people in their, you know, you grow up in a family and the one child is, you're so sensitive. You heal, you did it, right? The, the one who is the empath and the intuit and they feel the arguments of the parents. They feel the sibling rivalry. They get picked on and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. They're energetic. They've got this deep connection to, they pick up other people's energy and they often don't know how to get rid of it, move it, understand it. They're very sensitive. So that's the energetic. And, but they can play in a, such a different playing field, right? And often, if you know you're like for me as a shapeshifter, once I know my body's safe with another human, and they, then I can I can get into my body, but yes. I need that safety. That's me too, hundred so, percent. Yeah, and so many. I think there are a lot of women who are actually energetic and are tapped in, and they don't know why their boundaries like they're. So I used to joke like Saturday night, I'm getting ready to go out. I'm so turned on. I'm dressing up. I'm putting on my makeup. We go out and then planning a birthday party. So fun. And then the party itself was like, or I'll come back and sex is like, and I'm like, I was so turned on and into this. Why did I lose it? Mm -hmm. And it's because we get in the bedroom and my energetic body isn't turned on first. You feel pressure to yeah to, conform, to give my body away to conform yeah to conform to the right way or yeah the way that turns your partner on or whatever yeah. and it's we like play, well we had a box of how you play and and yeah, yeah, yeah. you touch the breasts you touch the genitals and that's how you play and it was like that's oh, not how I play I play differently and then you get me turned on I'm like bring it on bring right it on. like. That's what I that's what I've been trying to like get my body to be okay with. You know, this new new level of healing is just to be like no, I'm allowed to ask for that because that's important for me. And the thing is if you can get that part of me turned on, then you unleash the beast. Like, correct. Then, then I'm kinky. Then I'm all these other things. Then yes. you touch me, and I and I'm so responsive to all that. But if I'm afraid that I have to go there first, I cannot get right. out of my head. I it's just this, and it's the it's the energetic. You need to be rooted and safe in your in your grounding and in your body, which includes that energetic body to move the energy up and around. And yeah. many women have been given their bodies away for thousands of years. And we still think sex is about, you know, giving giving your partner pleasure. And it's even foreplay versus play, right? That's hierarchical talk. Yeah. Instead of one book was like act one, act two. And are I going first or are you going first? Am I, the wheel of consent is like, Am I touching you for my pleasure or am I touching you for your pleasure? And are you touching me for my pleasure or are you touching me for your pleasure? And 
talking about it, communicating yeah. it. So anyway, yeah. so that's the energetic. The sensual lives in their senses. They get so turned on, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. They love cuddling to be really close. They need to feel you. They need, you know, if you they need to be turned on sensually with all their senses. And they they need the right senses. Like if it's so there's they also can get turned on orgasmic with the best food, the best wine, the best sunrise, the oh my God, this cashmere sweater is divine, right? The flip side, their shadow, right? If it's the wrong, like I can't wear cashmere because my sensual shadow shows up, my energetic body, it's too itchy. Yeah. When I was a little girl, I was forced to wear lacy socks and lacy underwear yeah. and stockings. And I was like, my body. And they're like, just, you got to dress up and wear it. Like, just do it. I'm like, but it hurts my body, mom. Like, she didn't get that it literally hurt. It was literally painful yeah. to wear certain clothes. Yeah. So my dad's the like that needs, too. The sensual, like the, we call it the bossy massage is the best way in for the sensual. They set it up in advance. This is the playlist I want. This is the essential oil diffuser or this cologne you need to wear. You need this playlist for music. Make sure the sheets are satiny sheets. They need all their senses. So if they can set the environment up and say, this is what I need. Then again, they can, they need, and the central has, you know, a lot of, again, in our community, in the, in the Western world, the boxes that men are sexual and women are sensual. They need the candles. They need the romance. They need the the whining, the dining, the food. The, they need to relax to have sex, whereas the sexual needs sex to relax. Yeah. And if they're they could be this close to orgasm, and there's can their shadow is they can often flip so easily out of the head, like all of a sudden the playlist changes. You're like, oh, that's the wrong song. Or there's a sock or the sheet got crumpled up under my ankle. And I'm now all I can think about is the sheets. I'm out of my body and back in oh, my that head. that fan is knocking and I can't yes. stand it. <laughs> yeah. So they get caught, pulled out into their brain. And I had that shadow a lot. Um, and <laughs> so the central is all about their five senses and closeness. And, um, and again, they need to learn to ask for what they want because their partner, and again, guy, girl, girl, guy, right? Um, my my mentors, Ian and Jaya, actually tell the story that he was a sensual and she was a sexual, and they didn't even know what they were. She hadn't even figured it out yet. And mm-hmm. she's postpartum and she can finally have sex again. And she's like tearing her clothes off, like, here's my body. Because the sexual is Western blueprint sex. It's naked bodies, nakedness, breast, penis, vagina, orgasm. It's all the destination. It's not the journey. Three hours of intimacy. And if you don't have an orgasm, I failed. You know, Mm -hmm. you failed. I failed. I, I was told I was broken. I was having great sex, enjoying it. But if I didn't come, Mm -hmm. my spouse felt worthless. Yep. 
Yeah. And I, he couldn't understand my body because I didn't understand my body. So I was constantly letting him down, mm-hmm. which probably led to resent, whatever. But so the two of them, she would like jump into bed naked and he was like, can you just cuddle me? And she's like cuddling again. <laughs> so it can flip. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be male, female, right? But again, a lot of us, if you cuddle me, oh my God, then all of a sudden I'm so relaxed and open. And now you can touch me sexually, right? Yeah. From my genitals. And so knowing how your body gets revved up and turned on and what kind of touch. So sensuals love massage, stretch, closeness, you know, that deep, intimate touch. The sexual, it's like, give me a naked body. Let me see porn. Let me see nakedness. Do a strip tease for me. You know, it's, I just need that. Just give me a, a body and I'm ready to have sex. Why, why do you need this warm up? Right. What's 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 the issue with you? And their shadow is that, again, if they don't have an orgasm or their partner doesn't have an orgasm, it was like, what was the point? The the other thing to remember about the sexual, again, no, no one blueprint is good or bad. They're all just knowing your body and knowing. Um, and. Um, Oh, I just lost my train of thought about the sexual and Mm. um, knowing your body. Yeah. The, you know, certainly for women, if they're sexual, they may feel slutty. Yeah. Because I just want a a naked body. I just want sex, but I can't let people know that I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm supposed to be prim and proper and you're supposed to turn me on and in this, that. Right. So it's and for a guy to be sensual or energetic, like what's that about? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to be sensitive? Like, I'm supposed to just want sex. I'm supposed to get an orgasm when you strip in front of me. Yeah. And a hard on. And no, I need to I need to look in your eyes first. Mm. How weird you they say think that broken. you say that my body's like, oh, like eyes, like mm, looking into someone's eyes and just like connecting deeply. I don't yeah. have to be in love with them. I don't no, have to like. A, it's a beautiful just, way of connecting to another. Oh my human. gosh! Like it's just like massage or gazing into something. And and I n- re- realized lately that like part of my turn on is watching someone enjoy my body and looking at my body and observing my body and uh-huh. and watching them feel sensations in their body my eyes are on them all the time I oh love, how interesting that's to really me, cool. I need the lights on I want the lights on I want to observe I want to hear I want to see but I like if you're getting into like the really hot and heavy sex I don't want to watch that I don't want to watch porn sex like yeah, I that's not your turn off. it's not my thing at all it's kind of a turn off to me right and that's really, it's really sad for my partner because that is something they love. Um, I'll put on a show for you. I will, I will be that person. I can be an exhibitionist. Again, if I feel safe and I feel like I'm connected and energetically connected, then again, unleash the beast. And literally, I will do anything. I'm a bratty sob. 
you know, I'm a little girl. I like having a daddy. You know, I I love deep penetrative sensual massage. Really? You can you can pet my aura and I can yeah. I can come I can have energetic internal massages and then right. um like I, I like threesomes with two guys and and all that comes with that, you know, DVP, D D V V, whatever. D V, yeah. whatever. Um so all of these things, like I, I enjoy all of these things, but if you say, let's do this thing, that so doesn't turn me on. It just like right. the thought so of it is to, to turn off. You have to know your stack you know, yeah. of how you get into it. And mm. sometimes you have to know again, that wheel of consent. You know what? This isn't a turn on for me to watch porn, but I know it's a turn on for you. So tonight we can play in your blueprint. Yeah. And let's see how that works for my body. If I know that's what I'm doing, right? If tonight well, is, and you can play with it and it may or may not work, but that but is again, it. It's all about play. Sex is play. It is. It's a really good point because sometimes I'm like, listen, I don't mind doing this thing. I enjoy watching you get pleasure but don't try to turn that pleasure on me. Like, don't try to right, force right. me to have the pleasure from it because that may not happen. My pleasure is in giving you yeah. pleasure in this thing, knowing that you Correct. like it. So Correct. take the pressure, take the pressure away from me. For me, everything, my shadow in, is right in the pressure. If I yeah. feel pressure for anything, I'm done. I'm dead. Because right, you're no longer being your authentic self. And and all that. So that's part of your shadow. So let me tell your listeners about kink and yes, shapeshifter. Just please. so kink is all about taboo. It's pushing your edges about what is taboo for you. And taboo for you can be completely different than taboo for someone else. So yes. there are folks, you know, steeped in the very comfortable world of sex and they're pushing their edges with things like BDSM and impact play and role plays and you know dom sub in all different variations um but that doesn't have to be your kink so someone for instance who grew up in a very christian household where sex before marriage is verboten right Having sex before marriage can be an incredible turn on. And then they wonder why the minute they got married, sex was no longer fun (laughs) for them because they're no longer pushing the edge, but they didn't even know they were into edge play. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden now it's like, all right, no longer missionary position, or maybe we're not in the bedroom. We're in the kitchen. What if we can get caught? Right. Maybe it's right. We don't lock the door and the kids could come in. Right. Mm -hmm. They have to play with their own edges of what is vanilla for them or kinky for them. I always hark back to Modern Family, right? The TV show. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite episodes was the um, the real estate agent and his wife, you know, the conventional one. They're married with the three kids. Yep. And they go to a hotel in mm-hmm. town one night and they pretend that they're strangers meeting at a oh, bar yeah, yeah, yeah. and they get a hotel key to go upstairs and have sex. 
That's a kinky role play. Yeah. That was them getting turned on by doing something that is so not okay. Having right. a one night stand with a stranger. Right. But they did it with themselves. Yeah. And and how beautiful yeah. that they could play that way. It's dressing up and playing dress up. And we forget sex is adult play. Oh, I love that it's right? play in my world. Yeah. We and call it sex. Play. Sex can be what I say is, well, let me go to shapeshifter because then I can shapeshifter is, oh, and the, the, the shadow for the kink Mm. is, um, they might end up in some funky taboo fetishy thing. Like I only get orgasms if I'm wearing a yellow raincoat and galoshes and they get stuck in fetish play and they can't get an orgasm unless they're pushing edges and perhaps in a certain way. And then they, And then they have shame about their, they often have a lot of shame because they live in a society where why does this turn me on? I was at a workshop once and this, you know, very upstanding individual who is, we're all in this world of learning new stuff about kink because none of us had grown up with anything kink related. Right. He's like, why does my body like to be spanked? What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And the kink master teachings is, Stop asking the why and just mm-hmm. feel the pleasure. Mm-hmm. And the why is complicated about what happened in childhood. What is pleasure? What is pain? And the fact that pleasure and pain is all about what your brain is saying. And all a spanking, especially on the butt, is sending energetic waves to the clitoris over rhythmically. Why do we like dancing to a beat? We're feeling that energetic rhythmic beat, mm-hmm. right? So stop what you say, be authentic, Drop. stop the judgment and the shame and all that. Exactly. Shapeshifters, that's what I ended up as. And ideally, I think in the perfect world, perhaps everyone should aspire to be a shapeshifter, but that's a should. And again, it's not, it's a judgment and we don't have to, right? But shapeshifters can play in any playground. They get pleasure in all the playgrounds. Mm-hmm. But to be truly satisfied and to feel totally fed and nurtured, they need all the playgrounds. So they're a chameleon and can so easily fit in one box. But to feel totally turned on, satisfied, they're full, feel fully me. They need it all. Right. Why, why do I do integrative medicine? Cause the kinky in me is living in my brain. So the, to me, the kinky are your creatives, your disruptives, the people who are pushing the edge of society, they get turned on. It's bottom down. It's top down sex. They get turned on in their brain first. Would you say a lot oh. of kinky people are sapiosexuals? Oh, I'm sure. I don't know if it's the kinky or sapiosexuals or sapiosexuals or kinky. Mm. I'm not 100 percent sure. But but they they get turned on in their head first. They have a scene. They have a desire. They and then they go looking for who they connect with. Mm -hmm. And then. Oh, I think I'm going to connect with that person. Then their their body starts to connect and then finally they bring the actual physical, all right, you and I were going to do this thing. 
right? So it's like mind, heart, energy, and then the physicality. Mm-hmm. Whereas sexuals are like, I'm turned on by your body. We're going to have sex. Once we have sex, then I'm going to build connection mm-hmm. and attachment and then fall in love and then be able to communicate with you. So they have bottom up sex and kinkies have top down sex, right? Energetics come in from, in a sense, that, from the side, right? They're coming in from the soul side and and sensuals come in from their emotions, their sensations. It's very interesting because I'm a very top down. So I get pleasure from mm-hmm. the the connection and the uh, the brain connection, like a good conversation, yeah. whatever. I'm good. I could stop there. But that's part of me feeling safe so that yeah. I can open up to the energetic. And yeah. so my rules for play with others is if I can have a good conversation with you and I can cuddle with you. And then if you're a good kisser, if we have the similar styles of sensual type kissing, uh, not invasive tongue kissing. Oh, my God. Um, then then I might play with you. But those three things have to be there. Right. Otherwise, your, your not- mind needs to come on board, yeah. but your mind and your heart, because you're cuddling. Yeah. And so you're connecting through that. You're you're having this level of deep connection, all that not you're having nonverbal connection verbally. Yeah. Yeah. And then that physical cuddle. And, and then I'm breathe you in your and feel system. your essence. Yeah. I want to feel your essence. I want to allow that to tingle. Yeah. So, um, and, and I don't want you to touch me, like avoid anywhere that, that you think is a, is a sexy place to touch. Avoid that for as long as you can. Oh, that's your, that's your anticipation, longing and tease. Oh, is that your energetic? (laughs) Until I call you in, don't you dare go there, go as close as you can, but do not give it to me until I'm begging for it. Yep. 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 That will provide results that you will not imagine how amazing that can be, but you've got to take the time. You have to be willing to take the time to do that or I'm going to think twice about the next time because it feels like a lot of work for me to to like trust that I'm not going to feel pressure to trust that I'm going to be able to relax. I need to feel safe that I can take the time that my body needs to get out of my fucking head because my head is always going. Oh my God. I feel like you're just speaking my, like you're, you're, you are me channeling my, (laughs) my life. It's very funny. And even not what you just said my... about how to kiss. Because I just now realized why like, one guy's a better kisser than the other. To me, it's and like it's not that they're better or worse. It's the tongue. It's the too oh, tongue too much me. too fast. Yeah. <laughs> and like for me, it's like if you have like soft lips and you just can hold your lips there and not move, and I can have yeah. some energy through your mouth and I don't have to do anything. They're just that's yep, yep. magic to me. And my my partner, I've never kissed anyone that it feels so magical as him. And still six years later, like when I kiss him, I'm like, oh, well, it's interesting because even like, in the blueprints, um, we talk about different kinds of kiss mm. and you can kiss what's an energetic kiss, what's a sensual kiss, kinky kiss, shapeshifter kiss. Right. And even at our at our. um at our conventions that Jaya holds, right? She like 
we have just a funny, like an energetic kiss. Like if you said something good and like the whole room is going to like celebrate you, what kind of kiss do you want? Mm. You know, oh, energetic yeah. versus a kinky is like, clap your butt. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just funny. Like, but it is, it's true. It's these different everything in the body. It's yeah. funny because you just like, you kissed your hand and you pulled it away slowly. So I could see this and, and my audience can't, right. can't see that. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you pulled your hand away slowly for the energetic kiss. And to me, I felt the stretch of that pulling mm-hmm. away and my body just was drawn to that. Like I could yeah. feel my body moving towards you just doing that with your hands. It, the stretch, the elongation, the, yep. the like withholding. And then I love sensual touch too. Um, yeah. but not just the tickly kind. And I thought I really, no, you like sensual kind, touch, but I want the, like, is the, is the massage, right? Yes. It's that deep. I need to feel you massaging the difference oh. between. So essential, um, the energetic touch is the not really the not touching and the very feather. Okay. Okay. The touching the hairs. Yeah. And going really, really slow. Sensual is like, give me a really good massage. Yeah. 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 Kinky, if you're massaging in kinky touch, you are massaging the fascia and the bone. Mm-hmm. Like you are feeling it deep, deep, deep down, scratch, um, pinch, slap, tap. And people look at me and go, oh, I wouldn't like that. I'm like, how often do you do this in the car to wake up? <laughs> it's alivening to like, to make like your body slap like your that, face right? and yeah, and tap your body. You, you know, there are people who pull their hair sometimes, right? And it's invigorating. Right. It's a lot. What I found for me, which was so funny because, again, we're bathed in the way we're supposed to have sex. Mm-hmm. So when I started learning, but like I always tried the sensual because I'm a woman and I thought mm-hmm. I was supposed to love the candles and the thing and the massage. And I love massages like, mm-hmm. oh, but I'm not always going to be turned heaven. on by it heaven but they're relaxing to me and they're not necessarily alivening and my poor partner would give me the most amazing massage and I fall asleep <laughs> and then he's like well what was that about and I'm like I'm sorry I just loved it so much I was relaxed it went to and I realize now like if I'd known that mm-hmm. then I wouldn't allow like if we're supposed to be then I would have to change my stack so that I didn't fall asleep on him. Yeah. Or like you, you combine that with like, say if you need the, the energetic, then it's like you all of a sudden turn, turn some energetic in there and some eye gazing. And then that brings you back to life. And then, right. And you play with how it goes. Yeah. And if you give me a massage and then you slap my butt. Oh, okay. Now like, right. I'm, I'm relaxed. And then you just woke me up. We eye gazed first, so I knew you were safe to be with. Yeah. And I so, noticed too, like if I give the massage first, I get to be connected physically with the person yeah. and, and observe them and touch their body. And to me, that's an energetic input. Yeah, and I get turned I get more turned on that way. And I'm not yeah. as tired. Yes. Yeah. My yeah. Body and gets then weird. and then I'm in this like place I've enjoyed their body. So then when I get the massage, then I'm already in this like 
I'm ready to relax, but I'm also going to watch you enjoy me Uh because now I, but I mean, I guess you have to want to enjoy the person and, and touch has to be something that does something for them too. And again, it's the the point is it's all play. And I, I joke that sex is a way to remember ourselves back and to be whole. So Mm -hmm. when, when we are little, Good versus bad. The little toddler, again, nothing wrong with the parent who says, Don't put your finger in the socket. You're going to get electrocuted. That's bad. Share your toys with your sister because that's good. Yep. But, you know, but the minute we tell children, they don't hear their behavior is bad. They hear they're bad. Mm -hmm. And they hear, but I don't want to share my toys. They're my toys. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to? And that narcissistic toddler, the baby who's like screaming, I'm hungry, is a narcissist. Feed me. Mm-hmm. I need to be fed. Stroke me. I need to be touched. Mm-hmm. Is a, They're supposed to be narcissistic. It's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And all of us are supposed to get through life. So that's our survival instinct. Our survival instinct is narcissistic. Well, and as soon as you shame that, then then you separate your full self. Yeah, correct. The minute you say that's good, that's bad, then you're split. You're no longer whole. Yeah, and then you can get stuck in either pole. Yeah. Well, this is the way I'm going to be, and freaking a, and then you become a narcissist, and you you lose your empathic ability. Yeah. And I, I say this often, I was like, okay, if your inner child is screaming for something, you know, maybe that little narcissistic part of that child is like, my needs aren't getting met and I'm screaming here and I'm just going to keep pulling it. And you just take that inner child and you shove it down. Like, no, that's bad. I don't want to hear you. That's selfish, whatever you shove that down. That child is not ever going to be okay from that. So it's like when my kids were little, if they were like, mom, 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 and you're like, shh, I'm busy right now. I can't do that. Mom, but mom, but mom, 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 you know, and you just keep pushing them away and you're like, go to your room. You're being disruptive, blah, blah, blah. That child just gets more and more and more aggravated, nags more yeah. and more, wants more and more of your attention. It's going to keep fighting to be seen. But if you take mm-hmm. a second and go, okay, what is it that you need right now? I just want to say hi, or I just need a hug. It might be something so small, and yet we just shove that away. And, and we do that to ourselves. Second, yeah, the second you see your inner child, that you see this shadow side and accept it and say there's no shame or guilt or no forbidden thoughts, desires, or emotions, which is what right. my course is based on, you disempower the aggravated inner child because all of a sudden that inner child is seen and accepted and now they don't have to fight to be seen anymore now they're just right. <laughs> I joke about if you're on the playground with a two-year-old right or three maybe three years old four years old and they fall off the swing and they're in the sand mm-hmm. and they start to cry or they're or they just look up because they fell off the swing and they're so like what just happened to me <laughs> yeah right And the mom looks over and says, oh, you fell off the swing. There, there, you're going to be fine. 
you know, usually then they get their needs get met. They're, they they see that someone saw them. Someone saw that they got hurt. Mm-hmm. And usually they can get back on the swing and start swinging. Yeah. Mom's busy on the cell phone or busy talking to the woman next to her. What happens? She falls off. <laughs> the first thing is to look at mom. Then it's to whimper. Then it's to whimper louder. Then it's just finally it's like, ah! Right. And they have a, because their needs weren't met. Nobody saw them. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw that something in their environment was triggered. Right. And it's that lack of safety, right? Like, yeah. Am I safe? Am I being protected? No, I have to fight for that. And so now I'm going to make it. And then if the parents like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Stop crying or complaining. Then they learned that they're asking for safety is not okay. Correct. Right, right, right. Instead of like, wow, you fell off the swing and it's scary to fall off the swing. How do you feel about it? What's going on? I feel X, Y, and Z. Great. Do you want to go back on the swing? Poof, done. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Think- and we do that in life over yeah. and over and over. And our, our inner children come up and they just keep coming back and fighting until you notice them. So stop right. pushing them away. That's my little yes. message right now. I'm my soapbox message. Stop ignoring your inner child who's fighting. That shadow side is going to keep coming and keep coming and keep knocking at the door until you're like what what is it that you would like? What right. are you missing? What do you need? Right. Well, in the in the physical body and in the medical world, right? Our our energy body whispers to us Mm. but we don't even know what that means Mm. then our heart body kind of starts speaking to us that's our emotions Mm -hmm. and then we start having thoughts Mm -hmm. they're like starting to scream at us and finally the body breaks down like freaking out you if you didn't listen to abc dra we're gonna give you a disease so you can't ignore me anymore yeah. And, and we come full circle. Yeah. To the beginning of our conversation. Like I love that because it's all connected, you know, and and our sexuality and our emotional well-being is absolutely connected. And you cannot live a life without connecting to your sexuality, whether you want to or not. We are sexual beings. And if we ignore that side of ourselves, it's going to come out screaming in some way or another, whether it's disease, whether it's infertility, whether it's whatever, when we have shame connected to our sexuality, things happen in a negative way that just don't line up. And if you expand your understanding of the word sexuality Mm -hmm. to the word eroticism, which Mm -hmm. everybody... Eros is the god of love. Mm-hmm. So eroticism is loving yourself and giving yourself pleasure in whatever shape or form your body, mind, heart, and spirit needs pleasure. Mm-hmm. And when we stay, if you think about the two nervous systems, the fight, flight, freeze, or please nervous system is your um, sympathetic. That is your survival mechanism, when all your energy is living in survival mode, we don't have energy to go into the create and have pleasure mode. When you, when you move your body into, so sometimes it goes both ways. You want to give a, 
the tra- we live in a trauma response. A lot of us are living in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, right? Because we're fighting and flight to be seen, to be heard, to be noticed, to be valued, to does my life matter, right? We're working so hard to matter. Mm-hmm. It's a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Pleasure. We're here actually to be on the planet. What? Why? Why? Why else live if not to enjoy life? It's a gift to be here. But we're so living in our trauma response. When we actively engage our pleasure response, mm-hmm. we're actually teaching the body, mind, heart, and spirit. Oh, we're in creation mode. We're in safety mode. Life is good. Life is gratitude. We can breathe. We can live good. And it's. And sometimes we have to actively do that to retrain that nervous system out of the trauma response into the pleasure response, right? We live in work or play. We need to play at work. We need to do work that we love so it feels like play, not work. And we need to play. All We need to work to remember to play because play is when our body goes, oh, we're in a great place. We can actually digest our food. We can enjoy the day off. We can have, why did, you know, the ancients, six days a week you work, that seventh day is the most important holiday of the week because the point of working is to play. It's to take off. It's to enjoy the magical qualities of being alive. So sex brings us alive and being, we're physical beings. So don't, you can have pleasure reading books and watching Netflix, but why not bring pleasure to this body? Yeah. I mean, it's so shrouded with shame. Even when you break away from the shame, there's this like still inner programming that says, oh, I don't have time for that. Or that's a waste of time. Or I should be doing something productive. And we forget it is it's so reprogramming productive. the brain that pleasure is productive. You know, maybe we should put that as synonymous because yeah. unless your body can experience pleasure, you're never at a place where you can really like take things in at a cellular level that actually you're not actually function. experiencing life. Well, and you're not experiencing productivity in any way yeah. because you're not in flow, you know, like you're not right. connected to what you're doing. It's just like, overwhelming and stressful but when you can tie in the two and that's really hard to find that balance it really is yeah right um, but we have, that's why I said we have to work yeah, we have well. to work to remember how to play yeah and we have to you know it's uh yeah and believe me i'm a like recovering perfectionist recovering workaholic recovering what's wrong with my body uh, there's so much that goes into like re programming my nervous system into how to live how to eat how to do my life Mm -hmm. and yet it's the most pleasurable work that I've had to do is to remember myself back to healing and a and a more and just living in who I'm supposed to be on the planet yeah yeah right even my profession right it's like you know I went into things some adult told me I couldn't be an architect and I couldn't be an interior designer. And so, so I listened, right? And I couldn't be an athlete because girls don't do that. And 
Yeah, it's yeah. so crazy how much we allow other people's opinions or the programming to just dictate our lives. And so yeah. I just I'm just challenging people to really find out what it is that you want and and be yourself and be authentic. But there is an ethical and honest way to do all of that. And oh, so 100%. that's the key there, right? And so you know, let's take it a step further. Let's first of all, let's drop the shame on any of your thoughts, desires, or emotions. They're all okay. Not every one of them is going to be ethical to play out. Not everyone is going to be right. able to but be the honest. Thoughts don't make you bad. Exactly. Like let's uh, let's leave room for all the thoughts because then they don't plague you. You don't have to hide them. You don't have to sit in shame in them. And then and then you can decide. Oh, can there be a plan? Can we make this work? Is there a way to play out this fantasy? You know, I want to see other people. I want to have sex with other people and I'm married. Is there a way to ethically do that? Absolutely. But you have to have some some boundaries and and personal uh, awareness before you can make that happen successfully. And that's where I come in. (laughs) You know, I want to make sure that you are able to break free from from the norm first that you're not going to jump into that with shame and you have to hide everything you do right from yourself i mean you might have to hide it from family and friends that's okay but you have to do it for the right reasons and you can't be shrouded in shame if you're going to step into this world of ethical non-monogamy that's not going to fix anything so that's a whole other rabbit trail and we're totally out of time but yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else, Tina, before we go that you would like to share? Is there any like words, nuggets of wisdom that you want to leave people with and also how they can find you? So the tagline that a friend of mine kind of said, I I said it in passing in a talk was, you know, pleasure and play is your portal to, to being pregnant and to being pregnant with your life. Right. So I'm a fertility specialist in. um, I want people to live their best lives. And so I want you to be pregnant with your life. And if you want to be pregnant with another life, be it a business or a child. Right. Remember pleasure and play. It's just Mm -hmm. too important because that's what relaxes your nervous system. So you can actually go from survival to creation to create Mm -hmm. your life. And to reach me is um, right now, probably the website is the best. It's womensreproduction.com. And there should be some emails on there. There's also tinacoopersmith.com. I, I should say I plug, I have two little children's books. It's called Who Am I and What Am I? Mm. And um, I want everybody to read them. They're really for adults and children. Mm. And um and I invite comments and my email is drtinacoaches at gmail.com. All right. Well, I will put those links in the show notes. As yeah. long as you've given me those links, they will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah. So if you guys want to reach out to Tina, then check out the show notes and those links will be there. Um, thank you so much, Tina. This was such a great conversation. And maybe we can talk again and really get into the blueprints and how, you know, the stack and and all that, I think it would be really fascinating. Um, yeah, and I'd love to talk about how the blueprints affect health and wellness and yeah, your yeah, your yeah. Vi- your actual journey back to health in the medical system. 
Yeah. So if you're a sensual, how you're going to heal, if you're an energetic, how you're going to heal, if you're a kinky, how you're going to heal so that you can help you, you and your part, your health professional get the right healing and the way to heal for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. I'd love that. Um, I don't know if you know, Lorna Gale. um, Oh yeah. Okay. So Lorna is going to be on the podcast for the second time soon, uh-huh. next few weeks, hopefully. And uh, we're going to talk about um, bondage and, and kink and, and all that. Mm. She's just such a lovely, uh, lovely, lovely person. So yeah, that's, that's exciting. So um, I'm excited to have her back, but uh, yeah, we've been friends for a while now. And she's- what we may want to do at some point, it's really interesting. I have to talk to my sisters in Holly's group is actually put together a summit where a bunch of us all are speakers in the one summit. Yeah. And it's just, there's so, there's so much wisdom. There's so much wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And this stuff is so, so important and life-changing, you know, and Mm -hmm. starts with dropping the shame and then learning what beautiful things can come from that, you know, and uh, tying it all together. So anyway, thank you so much. Thanks. It's been great. It was so nice to and meet thank you. Thank you for teaching me about I, I, like the awareness of this. And I knew this, but I didn't think about it of the sexual kiss versus the energetic mm. kiss. It's so funny. Well, now one you're going to be aware with every kind of kiss. You're going to be like, hmm, what kind of kiss? Well, it's just really funny. <laughs> this one guy we talk, we, we just started to play and I'm like, why isn't his kiss and now I realize what it is. Uh, it needs to linger a little bit. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> well, and I, you know what? Having a play where you just kind of experiment with different kissing can be so much fun too, right? No, I know. And he's the coolest thing about him is he's like so into talking about what do you need? What do you want? Yeah. What, like, like he wouldn't, we couldn't even go out this one night. He's like, we have to go through this relationship workbook thing. Of <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This, this other, phys- anyway, it's kind of funny, That's but funny. I gotta go. I gotta get ready for work and work out. So. All right. Well, have right. a great day. So fun you. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Okay. Too. I'll see you in the soulful incubator thing. The speaker summit. Yes. Yes. Mwah. Okay. Bye. Take care. Well, I promised you an exciting conversation and I feel like we delivered because, wow, just so many amazing things that we covered in that episode. We could have talked for uh, another several hours and maybe maybe we'll have to do that again and just delve into a lot more with the erotic blueprint. Um, And she talked about, you know, just how that looks in our lives that she'd like to expound on that more. And I'd love that. Um, so just to review the five erotic blueprints were energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter. And it might be worth listening to again to catch that, but the energetic, you know, was a lot about anticipation and longing and the tease and just creating a safety in the energy. And the sensual is, is more about setting the environment and the physical touch and like deep sensual touch, um, the lighting, the music, it's just all using all the five senses, 
um, being able to ask for what you want. Sexual is basically what we what we deem in our society what the box or the the mold says that sex should look like. You know, the the goal is orgasm and um, all the things. Porn is built around this sexual um, blueprint. And a lot of people think that that's their blueprint, but it actually isn't. So it's interesting when you start to delve in. And then kinky is the taboo, the pushing your edges, pushing your boundaries. Anything that is sort of taboo becomes erotic to you. So it doesn't have to look like BDSM. It can be anything, but that's considered the kinky blueprint. So again, it's really cool. And then shapeshifter is um, all of them. And there is, you know, the energetics or sorry, the, the erotic stack and there's a way that your blueprints line up, which ones are more prevalent and which ones are more dominant. So it's just very interesting to look at and can be life-changing when it comes to your sex life. So I encourage you to um, to maybe uh, take the erotic blueprint quiz. There's a basic quiz that um, Jaya does, or you can reach out to Tina and I'm sure you can find out how to do that. Um, I will try to put the link in the show notes. I think I have it in a prior episode, so I'll, I'll locate that link. But again, it's just a basic quiz and really you'd want to talk with Tina further to really delve into this. Um, but it's a fascinating world and I think it's so potent and helpful to be aware of. Um, but just in general, like we just need to start to be aware of these four areas in our bodies, the, this energetic body, the heart body, the mind body, and um, what would you say? The physical body, obviously. So we talked about the wheel of consent and how that can help us to communicate and things. And just that eroticism and play is so key to having a fulfilling life. We need to learn to build in play and pleasure into our lives. So with that said, I'm going to leave you this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I love you all. And as I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Love you. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key.
Have a great week.